This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. checkered flag I, I really don't know I just know that you know every time I stood up the crowd stood up every time I got fired up they got fired up and I mean that's just something that you can't ever take for granted Talladega did not disappoint welcome to NASCAR America Motor Mouse Marty Snyder Nate Ryan Kyle Petty you look so different today <laughs> I mean you your hair is different and everything you he sounds great you look a lot how different I sound <laughs> The mayor, Jeff Burton, joining us for his Motor Mouth debut. We're excited to have you on the show. Uh, you understand your role, correct? No. Like, okay, so what Kyle does the is... The phone rang and said, can you come today? And I said, sure. <laughs> I don't know why I'm here. Kyle just hurries the callers along. Got to get to the question quickly. So that's your, that's your job. Okay, let's you, do it. You ready to do that? Yeah. You got to get mean. We're going to have a lot of fun. You don't have to get mean, but good you, mean. you can. Yeah, exactly. To the point. So, Kyle's mean. Yeah. By the way, where is KP? Uh, he's in Seattle kicking off the 25th annual Kyle Petty charity ride. So last night throughout the first pitch at the Mariners game. How about that? What do you think, ball or strike, Jeffrey? Definitely a strike. I love KP. <laughs> you know, 25 years, man, he's been doing this this ride. That is incredible. Cool. I'm sure so you, many good things. It's, it's cool. so so fantastic. I'm sure you've thrown out a first pitch before, but you told me the other day you got to drop the puck at the a Canes game. I did drop the puck at the Canes game. And it's game. a big night for the Canes, by the way. Yeah, it was a huge night. Gains fever. Playoffs. Playoffs. Kyle playoffs. Penny's a big fan. Bunch he, is, of he is a big fan. He got a t-shirt the other yeah. day. Yeah. Maybe we'll give you a reward at the end of the show, Jeff, if you're <laughs> lucky. So, hey, time for our starting grid. Is Chase Elliott ready to go? The next two tracks, Jeff, he won the last race of those tracks, Dover and Kansas. So it could be good timing for the 19. The Monster Mile not only awaits the drivers, but the fans as well. We want to know if betting at the track is your thing. And the big news of the day, single car qualifying is back in all three NASCAR touring series. So, Mr. Mayor, before we get your opinion, Nate, we want to turn to you and explain kind of what's going on. Because fans here, single car qualifying, it's not quite that simple. Kind of explain what's going to happen. So, they're essentially, Marty, going back to where they were about six years ago. Uh, Tracks that are 1.25 miles in length and shorter those now will consist of two qualifying laps. That's how they'll do it. At tracks that are longer than a mile and a quarter, qualifying will be one-time lap. Uh, the group qualifying format will remain 
in place for road courses. And then the other really important part, I think, of the single car qualifying process now is that if you qualify in the top 21 race, the next race, you will draw to go out in the back half of qualifying. Typically, you want to go out later because later right, means right. faster, and NASCAR wants the faster cars to be at the back end because they want the pole to build some drama and have that faster car be toward the end of the qualifying session. So there's how it works. Jeff, are you a fan of going back to single car, single car qualifying? You know, I like multi-car qualifying. I, I thought it was fun. I thought it was energetic. But with all the madness we've seen this year, it was time to do something. NASCAR had to fix this. Uh, this rule package put them in a situation where they just couldn't continue anymore. Uh, and, and then, well, why not do multi-car qualifying at some tracks and single-car qualifying at others? And that was my initial thought. But the more I think about that, you know, one of the things I hear from fans is that it, you know, it's too complicated. Like, things are too complicated. So why have two different formats where we, can, where we have to explain, well, this week we're doing this, last week we did that. We don't have to do that anymore. So I, I think that if you're going to do it, just go all in, go single-car qualifying, be done with it. It's the same every week. I, I think that's the right thing to do. And listen. What's qualifying there for? It's there to determine the starting position of the race. And with, you know, why make it complicated, make it simple. And I will say this, with them sending the car, as soon as the guy takes a white flag, it goes way quicker than it used to go. Mm-hmm. It used to be monotonous, bad monotonous. But if you look at what the truck series does, uh, there, it happens right. quickly. And that's it's going to be a better single car qualifying than it was six years ago. And they're talking these sessions only lasting 40 minutes. Yeah. So it will go quick. And every crew chief I talk, today, talk to today loves the idea. They're glad it's back because they told me, hey, listen, we finally get to see the fastest car is going to start on the pole. Pretty so the simple. first guy that, that complains because he got a bad draw, <laughs> I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear any complaints about you getting a bad draw because that is part of single car qualifying. Somebody's going to get the draw that's no good. That's just what's going to happen. I think they've minimized it. Right. Right. But the, right. with the rule that you just explained, but somebody's going to get the bad draw. That's just how it's always it's been. It's still going to be one of the 20 fastest cars right. from the week before who are going in the second half. So I think, yeah, they've minimized that potential of whining, but you no, drivers will still <laughs> There still will be complaining. Yeah. Hey, you know who always draws number one here on Motor Mouse? Carl from Akron. <laughs> and Carl keeping a streak alive. I think we're on show 12, Carl. You've been on the poll for every show. We want to hear from you guys today. But, Carl, we want to hear from you first. What are your thoughts about single car qualifying? Uh, why did they ever change it? Um, to be honest, I, I agree, Mayor. It's good to have the mayor on. Um, I, I agree. The fastest car should be. Uh, that's how we set the field. But my question to you guys would be, isn't that also great for sponsorship, which we need for this sport? And now with single car qualifying, that helps the sponsors if they get their car on the pole and help certain drivers that we want to keep sponsorship in our sport. Well, well, Carl, I I think the thing for me is that when you talk about sponsorship and sponsorship exposure, what's going to happen now is every car is going to be on TV because one of the things that is going to happen, there's going to be designated TV breaks. So in the past, a car used to go and wouldn't show them, and we'd be under caution. Now there's going to be breaks that allows everybody to be shown on TV, and I think that's a a good thing. I can tell you, because I always qualified bad, Carl, that (laughs) there was, I'm going to say probably 25% when when I came to qualify, they just wouldn't show me. And it got to the point where the sponsors were like, hey, like they don't show you, and it became an issue. It really did. So uh, that eliminates some of that. Yeah. And to answer Carl's original question, why did they change it? I think if you go back to 2014, when that decision was made, it was a different time in NASCAR. At that time, they were looking for ways to enhance the drama of the qualifying session. 
because of you had top 35 rule, you had many more teams that were, were attempting to make races. Things have changed over the last five or six years since 2014, where you have the charter system, you have guaranteed entries. Things are just different now. And I think NASCAR probably feels as if it got a little bit too far afield with what qualifying is supposed to be about. It's essentially it's procedural. I mean, the real entertainment is on Sundays. Yes, group qualifying had its moments where it can be entertaining, but I think single car qualifying also can be entertaining. And to Jeff's point, Carl's point, you get to tell the stories that don't always get to be told for these teams, drivers, and sponsors. All right, let's move on to Anthony in Florida. Anthony, how you doing? What's on your mind today? Well, I'm here to talk about the uh, the single car qualifying announcement that NASCAR made, their decision. Well, I can honestly tell you, um, I really don't mind it at all. I actually liked group qualifying a little better since it was more entertained than watching one car go out at a time. But with all the recent controversies with qualifying this year, you know, this is the right move for NASCAR to make because really, at the end of the day, as like you guys said, you know, most, most of the entertainment really should be put on Sundays and, and not really on Fridays anyway. I, I, you know, I, I know NASCAR didn't want it to go back to single car qualifying, but again, this was something that needed to be taken care of. I think we agree. <laughs> yeah, I think we agree. I, I, I think multi-car qualifying had its place. I think it was fun to watch. But, you know, this will be a little faster-paced single-car qualifying than we saw in the past. And it, it, I just don't think NASCAR had a choice. They had to do it. I'm glad to hear the fans are on board with it. I, I think that's the best part is that the fans are excited about it as well. Ron from well, Minnesota. Two callers in. <laughs> Ron's our third caller. Ron, are you on board with single-car qualifying? Yeah, I am, but I'm curious of the Talladega race. Would Chase have won if it wouldn't have been a yellow? Because he had Joey making a run on the outside, and he had Bowman and Pierce, or you know Ryan, make would make a run uh, at the you know, final lap. Who would have won, do you think? Interesting point. Well, there were two wrecks on the last lap. There could have been three. You know, uh, you just don't know what would happen. I, 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 Alex Bowman was very clear that he said he thought he had a plan in place. Uh, you know, we, you just don't know what would happen. I can promise you they weren't just going to stay in line and just give it to him. So it would have been fun to watch what would happen. But, you know, to, to you know, be able to predict that, I, I, I wouldn't dare predict a race at Talladega. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ways to play the what-if game on that final lap. I, I think they still should have thrown the, the caution for when Stenhouse hits the wall. I understand that NASCAR wants to try to let things play out and unfold and wants to give fans their money's worth and get the last lap green flag finish. But I think you can make a case that the caution could have come out earlier. And clearly Chase Elliott was in no danger of losing the lead all the way up until the final yellow. Bowman said he was going to make a move in three and four. Ryan Priest said he was going to make a move in three and four. And, and I think the way that package worked, Jeff, those moves could have probably paid off. I, I think they need to go back and rethink their strategy. How many of who? If, if you are, you can't wait till turn four. There's a wreck every plate race. There's a wreck before you come back. I mean, think about it. Look this. at your history, right? Yes, look at the percentage of times yeah. that you see a wreck during the white flag. Right. You can't wait till turn yeah. four and assume no one's going to wreck. If you think you can get the lead, you better go get the lead. I, 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 just, I, I understand the logic of trying to wait till last minute so they can't pass you back. But you don't know when the end of the race is coming. Right. You cannot wait till turn four. I can remember the, the Talladega race, uh, I think it was October of 2013. Jamie McMurray won, and Dale Jr. stalked him for the last 10 laps. We had a plan for getting around him in three and four, and then Austin Dillon went airborne halfway down the backstretch, and the plan was foiled. And I think he said the same thing you said, Jeff. Dale said, you got you to move earlier. I, I think Priest's point was he tried that a couple years ago in one and two, 
And by the end of the lap, he was he was running like third when that happened. He tried to move to win the race in one and two, and he finished the race like twenty eighth, so or something like that. <laughs> That's I mean, a point. I mean, but third look is at the than points. Twenty eighth Look point. at the points. Look at the points. Does yeah. third versus eighteenth matter for Ryan Priest? Probably not. Or does he but need I the think, win? I, I think the win, third win is, is good. the win. I, I yeah. just I I think that when you're in a, every race at Talladega is different. And when you had tandem, you could wait to the last because we didn't have that many wrecks. But when you have this many cars running in a pack and you get a late race restart, if you don't think a caution's coming out, you hadn't watched many of these races. So I just I think they got to rethink. With this package, they're going to have to rethink that strategy. You cannot wait anymore. You've got to go and make a move. Well, Chase Elliott is a man who made it pay off for him. And coming up, a preview of the new Latart on location with guess who? Chase Elliott. You think they let Latart ring the siren when he was there? He said there was no beer there. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? No beer. Flash. Oh, Plus, saying. Xfinity Series champ Tyler Reddick calls in to make a special announcement. And if you want to talk NASCAR, we want to hear from you. Call us 844-NASCAR-NBC or tweet us with a hashtag, let me say this. We're here in Dawsonville. Man, you are arguably the most popular race car driver in the U.S., if not all in North America. How does a guy that popular decide to reside here in rural Georgia? It's comfortable, and it, it feels like home. I, I really like North Georgia. I feel like in a lot of, you know, you take, take family history out of it. Yeah, right, right. It's convenient. You're kind of centered up in the southeast. You're close to the Atlanta airport. You can travel about anywhere in the world from the Atlanta airport. And then to kind of add the rest of it in, I guess just the my dad's passion for aviation, you know, kind of sparked my passion for it and, and allowed me to get flying. And I think that's really what allows me to live here. I can kind of get back and forth. Latard on location, always a good listen. Now, our boy Steve, uh, Jeff, you know this. He's placed a bet or two in his life. Like, he'll bet with you on anything in the booth, won't he? Like, anything. Anything. Bat for a dollar. Whatever, anything. right? So, uh, so gambling at the racetrack, not a new thing. But, Nate, uh, at Dover this weekend, they'll actually be gambling at the racetrack. It happened last fall as well. It did. So, explain to us kind of what goes on and how one could gamble if one wanted to at the racetrack. Right. So, there's that big monster statue right outside the front entrance there at Dover International Speedway, Marty, and Dover set up a sports betting kiosk about 50 feet away from that statue last October, and they had two days of uh, open betting for any fans who wanted to come by, and they had about, I think, $17,000 wagered on the race on Sunday, uh, and they actually had 50 people bet on Chase Elliott, and of course, he won that race last October. Mm -hmm. He went off at 10 to 1. Uh, he closed at 17 to 1. So wow. some race fans who were at Dover last October made some serious money on Chase Elliott winning at Dover. So that'll be in place again um, this weekend. And on Sunday morning to, uh, through the, the race start at 2 p.m., people will a little bet right outside the track gates. So it's an appropriate conversation because it's Derby week after all. And, and the Derby is all about gambling if you're there. Are you a fan of this, though, Jeff? I mean, sometimes in some ways, you're, you're a bit of a traditionalist. You know, do you, are you cool with this? Yeah, I'm really cool with it because you don't have to. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's you know, we live in a country that you have choices, and if you want to walk up and gamble and it's legal, heck yeah, I'm a fan of it because if it if it makes it so it's more fun for you, 
and you can are smart enough not to gamble more than you can afford, then it's awesome. And if you don't make those wise decisions, that's on you. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's cool. I, I don't know. I don't see the harm in it. And it's coming. I mean, let's face that, right? Because I mean, Tennessee is about to sign into law or about to be in law right. of a mobile gambling. You can gamble from your phone. Right. So when we show up at Bristol in August, you can gamble on your phone during the race. And, and that smartphone form of gambling, Marty, obviously is, is what entices NASCAR and sponsors and tracks here because that's clearly a younger demographic. Younger people are right. more inclined to use their, their uh, smartphones. And when I was out there last fall and watching that, that sports betting kiosk that they had at Dover National Speedway, I was impressed by the number of young people who came through there. Uh, I talked to a 21-year-old kid who obviously was just barely legal enough yeah. to, to bet, but he was all enthused. He was a NASCAR fan, and he was all enthused about having this added layer of, hey, not only get, do I get to watch the race, I'm betting Kyle Larson to win, I'm betting this many cautions over under. Uh, it adds another layer, I think, for a younger audience. Is it 18 or 21? What's the law? 21. In every state? I or we don't know. So. Okay. I, I, yeah. Unless you're well, we'd love to hear your yeah. opinion. Either way, I'm NASCAR, NBC. <laughs> yeah. Either way, you're you're clear of it. You're clear of that, aren't you, Jeff? Harrison's um, not betting either way. But I, I think it moves the needle, Jeff. Don't you? I think it moves the needle for folks. It gets them to watch. It's just like fantasy football, yeah, right? It gets you to watch it a little bit more. I think I, just like fantasy. I think that when you get involved, whether you're betting or fantasy, you may you may be a Kyle Busch fan, but you have a bet on something else, and it makes you watch more into the race. And I think the more reasons we have to watch a race, and the better. And I think the more reasons to watch things within the race, the better it is. Because there's, you know, when you go to a race and you watch the race on, there's so much happening. And I, I think that can only be good for the sport. And, of course, we always want your opinions. We'll start with uh, Rusty out of Connecticut. What's on your mind today, Rusty? Hey, how you doing? I want to know when those bow ties are going to keep on winning. Do we see hmm. a trend coming here? And is it going to be Chase Elliott? Or <laughs> you know, is that, Jeff is points that to me. happening? I, I think I, I think there's reasons to have some optimism, Rusty, because Chase LA's team feeds off momentum. Yes, Talladega's a plate track. It's not very indicative of how teams tend to perform at other tracks, but I think that team could build off of this, especially given you know we talked about he's won at the next two tracks on the circuit, Dover and Kansas. So if passed his prologue, who knows? Maybe there's a Chevrolet, Chevy turnaround here. Going to have to prove it to me. Yeah, I hadn't seen it. I, I just haven't seen it. I. I um... You know, I, Talladega is a tapered spacer race, not a plate race. <laughs> Good point. That's and to say I, that, right? I just, I don't know. I, I, I do think that that is their best shot. I believe that that uh, Chase Elliott and his team give Chevrolet their best opportunity to consistently win. I think they're the strongest team. Uh, I think he's the strongest driver, and I think he gives them their best chance. But uh, you have to lead a bunch of laps, and you have to put yourself in position over and over and over to win these races, and I just hadn't seen it yet. I, I, just, I think you have sort of seen it, though. Like, like go back to Texas, the last mile-and-a-half track. That's what I was going to say. That's what everyone at Hendrick Motorsports right. points to is that, hey, look at Texas. We all were much better at Texas, and they feel like they're going to be much better yeah. moving forward. And I think we, we, we t tend to forget that because it's been so long since there was a Texas track, and you know, since then you've had a couple of short track races. You've, you've got the non-plate Talladega tapered spacer race. <laughs> so Good job, Nate. Yeah, you got it in. Make sure I got that. I, I, facts are very important to me as a reporter. I, 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 I appreciate I Burton's accuracy. So I, I think that there were signs that Chevrolet is gaining on it. And, you know, Dover, again, it's it's not a mile and a half, but it's it's a Jimmy Johnson track or has been in the past. You know, to, to Jeff's point, he hasn't always been good there recently, but I feel like they could hit on it. How many Chevy teams can win? 
That's a great um, point. Pretty much Hendrick and... No, no, no. Uh, no, no. How, how many, many individual teams oh, many individual can win? Teams? The nine... That's the problem. The, the 42, the one, maybe, I, and the I put, one. I put 42. Well, at the some point, they're going to get that figured out. They're they going to get that figured out. Yeah, I, 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 I think I, we can say Chase Elliott, Kurt Busch. Um, I, I, I think Austin Dillon has kind of been in the mix time to time, right? Kind of. Who's on your list? Uh, so while you think about that. It. That's, my, that's my point, <laughs> is that I just don't see Chevrolet with enough teams, individual yeah. teams, that can go compete against the other one. I think... Joe Gibbs Racing has more teams that can win in their camp than all of Chevrolet does in their camp. So I just don't know how – right now, I'm not saying it can't change, mm-hmm. but right now I just think they have a lot of ground to make up. The mayor speaks, everyone. Let's chat with Cindy in North Dakota. Are you a fan of uh, Dover allowing betting, Cindy? I sure am. Cool. I Who would you bet on? Betting. I'm betting on – Kurt Busch, 18 to 1. <laughs> Chevrolet driver. Win? <laughs> 18 to 1. 18 to 1. I'm 18 to 1, those woman. are good odds. And Kurt's good at you, Dover as well. Yeah, I love Kurt. Are you kidding me? Come That's on. a great point, Cindy. Yeah, 18 to 1. And and you bring up a great point, Jeff. We've talked about this a lot. We appreciate the call, Cindy, that this guy is a different guy. And, and what was supposed to be his last year, now all of a sudden may not be his last year. He's having a ball driving that one car. It changed last year. It started last year. Consistent. Kurt, like think about that. Kurt became the consistent, steady, smooth, make no mistakes, be there all day long. That's the new Kurt Busch that started yeah. last year. He's transformed. He's he moved it right into this year. I don't think he's the guy that's going to go lead 300 laps at Dover. But I think if you get that long run, you get that right situation, without a doubt, he can win a race. I, I hesitate to bring this up with a former driver, but this is two straight years where Kurt Busch is on a one-year deal, and he's excelling in both instances. Is there... Is there something to be made of that? <laughs> is there more motivation, more incentive for him to perform well because of that? No. Correlation? No. Okay. I don't buy it. Okay. I can tell you, hanging out with Chip Ganassi, he is he <laughs> is loving having Kurt Busch on his race team and would do anything to have him back because he's really enjoying him. Well, he'll have that around. opportunity. I'm sure he will have. I'm sure <laughs> we'll he'll have the out. opportunity. We'll find but at 18 out. to one, Cindy brings up a great point for Kurt, who finished top five in both the Dover races last year. Coming up, Dover won't be the only track in action this weekend. There's a little race taking place at Churchill Downs as well. Injuries to the meniscus. I don't care if I'm injured. I'm throwing it in with my bad leg. Oh, oh, that looked like it hurt him. That is it. Chase Sexton, his first career victory, taking over the points lead. The gap is 18 between Cooper Webb and Eli Tomac. Oh, no! And back by goes Webb. Oh, no! That was MetLife last weekend. Champions will be crowned this weekend in the Vegas season finale. It's been an awesome season, Jeff. It has been an awesome season. Those guys are crazy, man. (laughs) They are are tough. It's amazing how tough they are. That on USA. And, of course, it's a big weekend across the networks of NBC, including the Stanley Cup playoffs and the Kentucky Derby. 2.30, the coverage starts on Saturday. Always a fun event.
The Derby. I like the Derby. Yeah, <laughs> the Derby. And the Vegas uh, Supercross event, always spectacular. Such an energetic event. And speaking of the run for the Roses, our man Rutledge was on the Today Show this morning doing Kentucky Derby trivia. Take a listen. The first person to complete the race will win. Are you guys ready? Okay. Yes. Go. Horses yes. ready? We're ready. We're ready. This is the derby party I dreamed of right here. Here we go. Question number one. Mint juleps are a staple of the Kentucky Derby each year. What liquor? Roxanne? Um, Kentucky, uh, bourbon. Bourbon is correct. Giddy up. 120,000 of those are served at the Kentucky Derby every year. Uh, only our boy Rutledge. Hey, did you see the suit he had for this weekend, Jeff? Uh, that, I'm he's afraid to wear that. He's, no, he had it on there. He's got it's got yeah. peacock all over it. It's really cool. See that NASCAR race? I hope, right? It's, well, by the NASCAR way, I'd like to take a look at Rutledge's suits over the years at the <laughs> Derby because you got to love when Rut gets dressed. There's a pink one. I think I saw you wear that one at Daytona one year, Jeff. Yes, very similar. <laughs> very, very similar to that. Um, oh, here's one. Yes, looks like Don Cherry, doesn't it? Very colorful suit from Rutledge. You know what's awesome about all this is that he didn't have to pick it special. That's just his stuff. <laughs> and here is what he's wearing this year it. with the, I love it too, yeah. the peacock feathers and the uh, peacock logo. So very nice suit from Rutledge. Going to be a fantastic Saturday on NBC Sports. And, of course, the Supercross Championship. Can't wait for that. We want to hear from your calls. We're going to go rapid fire in this segment as quickly as we can. We'll start with Victor in Washington. What's on your mind, Victor? Hey, I'm a longtime fan. Um, Wondering why you guys consider blocking uh, racing and why it's allowed. Uh, Formula mm. One don't do it, and Indy don't do it. That's a good reason for us to do it. <laughs> that's a I good think way. That's probably uh, why you're losing some of your to put it. Oh, because of blocking. So yeah, Kelly Albro didn't block Richard Petty. Hey, I read. You think you think that uh, you for think years and years, and and you you go around somebody. Yeah, I mean, you, a guy zigzagging you, back and forth is not much, not that much fun to watch. So that's why we're losing viewers because of blocking. Uh, I, I think it has something to do with it. Then why did every, when we were racing in the '90s when everybody was watching, why did we block then? Uh, did they just have a special where uh, Senior <laughs> lost his life blocking? What's that? Oh no, yeah, he's gone. So, but you, to your point, there was blocking in the '70s, blocking in the '80s. That's part of racing. It's never been. It's never been against the rules in NASCAR. It's never been. Tony Stewart started complaining about blocking in the late 2000s, yep, mid 2000s. Right, right. Other than that, right? I mean, these cars have fenders uh, for a reason. Yeah, for a reason. I mean, to, 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 to Victor's them. point, in an F1 and IndyCar, they have to have more officiating because there's greater danger. It, it, with NASCAR, it's completely different in my mind because stock cars are a completely different form of racing. Jerry from Lancaster, PA. What's on your mind today, Jerry? Well. Uh, the first caller that called in said, uh, brought up getting TV time for the underfunded teens. And I think that is a super idea. Um, I think those underfunded teams, they do everything they can to get a sponsor, and then you never see them. Like Joey Gates is a friend of ours, and you never get to see him on TV. That's a good and point, Jerry. Guys, and it, yep. That's a really good point because that, that is important. That TV time is important for everybody, Jeff. Yeah, it's important. You know, if, if, if people want to watch the underfunded teams, they want to do it. Tune in to qualifying and watch it because that give that is their opportunity. And 
Yes, I, we agree with you, and that's, that's, that is one of the major positives of doing single-car qualifying. Yeah, and Na- uh, NASCAR Scott Miller talked about that today as a reason for doing this, that they want to encourage better storytelling. It was harder to do with group qualifying. Group qualifying had that frenetic pace. I know some people like that, that it was a little bit more up in the air and, and jumbled, and it was a little bit harder to follow, though. And uh, Scott Miller liked the fact that with single-car qualifying, you'd be able to focus more on telling each team's individual story, each driver's story. And if you're just watching like in a crowded bar and looking up at a screen and TV's on mute, you can tell who's fastest. You, you know who's leading at all points. That wasn't necessarily as true with group qualifying. Let's go to Terry from Ohio. Terry, how are you doing today? I'm doing real good. A, a first thing I'd like to say real quick, uh, Jeff Burton, I was a great fan of yours for a lot of years, even clear back when you did your rain dance when Frankie started was your crew chief. <laughs> Thank you, man. <laughs> um, hey, I was just kind of curious if uh, anybody, uh, there was a caller calling in, wanted to know about Chevrolet continuing a winning streak, and I was wondering if, if they thought that uh, Kurt Busch would want to continue to be the the rough guy out there knocking all the Toyotas and Fords a little bit up out of the group <laughs> so the Chevrolets could win. Kurt's the guy getting all the Chevrolet love, which is a, a little surprising to me. I thought it'd be Chase Elliott. Yeah, well, Chevrolet I mean, love. I don't. I think it's well deserved because I don't think anybody thought he would be this good right off the bat and outrunning his teammate who everybody thought Kyle Larson after a couple of years ago when he won four races in 17 he, he had a little bit of regression last year but I think everybody thought he would be the lead dog this year at Ganassi and he really hasn't been Jeff. Kurt Busch is hungry yeah there's no doubt he's hungry he, he's out to prove a point uh, you know the question is are their cars fast enough to go out and lead all those laps but Kurt Busch ain't gonna back down from anybody he never has and he won't now. Let's go to Jason in Virginia, who who noticed the one thing about the Dover betting that I noticed. Jason, why don't you tell us what that is? Yeah, I saw Chase Elliott at twelve to one, and mm-hmm. you know he's had he's had good runs this year at some points, but he's been really good at Dover, and I feel like that should be a better odds than just That's- twelve to one. Yeah, that, that's a huge value proposition, I would say, Jason. Like, <laughs> last year, as I said, he started at 10 to 1, but when the race began, he was 17 to 1. So I'd say if you can get Chase Elliott at 12 to 1 and you're a betting man and, or, or woman and are there this weekend, you should, you should jump on it. Get it soon. Yeah, right. Well, no, as, as Nate said, maybe it'll go up because that's what it did yeah, before after, the race. After, after, after a win in Talladega. After a win, it's probably going to go the other way, I would think. He's pretty popular, I've heard. So, uh, yeah. I've heard that, yes. And, and Steve just told us he's the most popular driver in North That's America. Right. North I America. did not yes. know that, but yeah. Steve told us that information. So, hey, coming up, we'll be joined by the reigning Xfinity Series champion here on NASCAR America, Tyler Reddick, joins us next. Exciting win for Tyler Reddick at Talladega, who joins us now on NASCAR America Motor Mouse. Congrats on the win, Tyler. But I want to ask you about some of those late race moves. Did you watch the race back and think, man, that was a lot closer than I thought it was? Yeah, I, I, I went back and watched. And uh, definitely a lot of those moves that I thought weren't as bad were about as bad as they looked on TV. But I didn't care. I still won the race. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's what we love about you, Tyler. You don't, you're, your aggressive nature and that you don't really care, and uh, you're going to do what you need to do to be able to win the race. Very impressive win for you. But we understand today you've got some big news for us. Tell us what's going on. Yeah, guys, you know, I'm, I'm really – we've been working on this for a little while, but, you know, we, we fortunately come to the time we can announce it. We're going to be back in the number 31 again for its children's racing in the Cup Series, and then we'll be making our start at Kansas Speedway uh, the following weekend. That's awesome, man. That's great news. Uh, how about driving a Cup car? Would you imagine two years ago where you're sitting right now you'd be driving a Cup car? Man, uh, as you guys – as everyone's well aware of, you know, I, I had my struggles, my fair share of struggles last year throughout the regular season, and man, it wasn't looking good. I'm not going to lie, but I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know what next year was going to hold, but we were able to turn around at the beginning of the playoffs, and um, ever since, and leading into this year, we've been running so well, and you know, I feel like running so good, getting two poles, that win now off our, that monkey off our back, getting that win, the seven top fives um, in nine races, leading points. I mean, that, that stuff's helped a lot in matting to my case to trying to get back in the cup car. Um, and it was really cool that I was able to be able to go to Kansas um, and be able to make my start there. Hey, Tyler, you've raised your game on the track, but also on Twitter as well. We saw this morning that uh, you were tweeting about the uh, breakfast that they had at Richard Childress Racing to celebrate your win. And you tweet about you're going to be even more aggressive uh, with that win coming up uh, uh, this year, if you could possibly be more aggressive. I know you also got a nice tweet from Bubba Wallace you've had a little bit of a Twitter rivalry uh, with this year. Could you just talk about all that, about social media, and you're bringing, it seems like, more fun and being yourself this year? Well, yeah, you know, I, I've just tried to be smart, be as smart as I can about it, but, you know, you're going to take a couple hits, you're going to make a couple bad tweets, and that's just the way it's going to be. Uh, be trying to keep it, keep it fun, keep it clean, you know, poke a little fun at some of the haters. It's all good. Uh, it's Twitter, you know, I feel like it's a place where, um, you got to be careful about what you put out there, um, but it's better to be putting something out there rather than nothing. And, um, you know, I, I just tone the filter down a little bit and let a, a little bit more information pass through the old filter like that. Hey, Tyler, I, I want to make a statement, and I want you to respond to it. Christopher Bell has been the guy that everybody says is the next guy coming out of the Xfinity Series to go full-time to Cup, that can win races in Cup. I happen to think that you're right there with him. What do you think about that? You know, me and Christopher come from – dirt racing, you know, that's a guy I, I never really got to race against growing up, um, but this year I've gotten to race with him so much more than I did last year. Last year, most of the season, he was just driving away out in the sunset, winning all those races. It's been so much fun to be able to battle with him because uh, we both just push each other to the absolute limit, and more times than not, uh, it raises the stakes for both of us, and we just keep pushing ourselves harder and harder and going faster. Um, and a lot of, I, think, I feel like a few of these races early on, we've been pretty thoroughly matched, and we've been able to, to keep pushing each other harder and harder as we go. You mentioned at times you, you really didn't know where your career was going, and you know you were in the truck series and didn't know if you were going to be able to continue there, found your way to the Xfinity series, didn't know if you were going to be able to continue there. How much, though, did the championship race last year, winning the title at Miami, how much did that change your career? Uh, it changed a lot of things. Um, that was just a, a crazy, a crazy night that that went absolutely perfect um, in that final stage. Uh, the first two stages, it was it was not going good. We were last of, of the four drivers competing for the championship, and it looked like it was it was not going to go our way. But uh, we kept working all night, like like we had all year. Kept working and working, and uh, we finally found where we needed to be. Especially after bouncing off the wall and getting passed, passed by Christopher, 
and found the speed I needed to to drive away with it. Um, and ever since then, it's just ever since the playoffs started, we, me and Dave Ellens, kind of sat back down and rehomed in our focus what we have to do before the playoffs started. And I've seen that just it seems like I've held on to that ever since, and um, we've been running a lot better. Tyler, tell us about the process you've gone through. That you know, you you've always been fast, but. You know, in being fast, you tend to make a lot of contact. You tend to be in more wrecks than you really wanted to be. But we're not seeing that anymore. Uh, you still have that speed, but you're not in those incidences. How have you – what's been the process to get you there? Well, you know, as I've ran more races and as I've understood the car is better, you know, I've kind of been able to – in the past, when I – when I learned in my refugee motorsports, you know, I think we probably took the back of the car in the racetrack too much to try and just go fast and – you can't hang on to it every single time. And I've just tried to be smarter about it. Um, there's some things that I picked up with uh, Dave over there at Junior Motorsports, you know, just some things that in the back of the car that seemed to keep me happier um, set up wise and just small little tidbits. I was able to remember some of it, bring it over to RCR and, you know, on the simulator being around, we'll plug it in. And, and from there, we've been able to, to just fire on all cylinders, it seems like, from the start of the season. Um, the guys over there at RCR have been working hard all off season. Um, I was really excited coming coming in uh, to this organization just purely based off of how excited they were to have the reigning champion coming over to them. So we've all been pumping each other up since the year even even started, and as we've gone along, we've had each other's backs along every every bump along the road, and that's what got us to victory lane on uh, on this past Saturday. Is we didn't give up when we probably could have started blaming each other for things going wrong. Jack Stan's getting left under the car. Uh, we win as a group, we lose it as a group, and. Uh, we're just really meshed together well as a team right now. Hey, Tyler, congratulations on the Kansas race announcement. Real quick, is that uh, a one-off, or are there maybe more cup races coming later this year? Uh, you know, we'll be working on some other stuff, but, you know, the details on that will we'll, we'll follow throughout the year as they uh, come closer to us. But for now, this is the, the main focus, the main announcement, running this race at Kansas. It's a place that I've... I've had my fair share of bouncing off the wall, but I feel like I've good speed here in the past. Um, and it's a really good race car. So, hoping to try my luck with this new aero package. See if you know I can't run it pretty much wide open right against the fence and see how fast we can go. Yeah, I was going to say it's a place you can run the top, so that should shoot, suit you just perfectly. Congratulations on that. Congratulations on the win. We'll see you soon. Okay. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. All right, man, Tyler Reddick joining us there. We're going to have more of your calls and also what's KP up to in Seattle. That's next. Childress, Texas. It's one of the greatest places we've ever been. That city came out and just embraced us. And, and it was a lot of fun, man. And I've told this story. The lady that worked at the hotel, a couple of guys had, had lost their bags, so they didn't have any clothes. So the lady at the, at the front desk took their, sent them to the room, told them to take their clothes off and set them outside the door. She took them to her house and washed their clothes and brought them back to them within like an hour and a half. That will always be one of our favorite places, Children's System. We're going to have a big party there uh, this year. Okay, if I played Major League Baseball, my walkout song would be Aerosmith, Eat the Rich, which means the other team. You know what I'm saying. 
Uh, I got to love our boy Kyle, who's thinking about a walkout song for his Major League Baseball debut. Uh, we still didn't see how the pitch went, by the way, Burton. There might be a reason it's for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Notice the pitch was not included in his uh, social media post there. So, hey, phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. 844-NASCAR-NBC. We can talk single car qualifying. Chase Elliott, anything you want to talk about. We'll start with Mary Lee in Pennsylvania. Mary Lee, what's on your mind today? Well, I'm super excited about single car qualifying coming back. Cool. I wanted to ask you, do you guys think that more teams will be inclined to go out in qualifying trim instead of in race trim? Hmm. That's a good question. I, 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 you know, I think that's really team specific. You know, teams decide what they think is the most important for a given, for a given race. Uh, I think you'll see teams making qualifying, qualifying runs because – you now no longer have that first session. And to be honest with you, if you couldn't make it past the first session, you were in trouble. Right. And so you kind of got a yeah. mock qualifying run without much on the line. So I think it'll be more important, uh, which is a great question. I think it's, it's going to be a, more important to make a practice run right. in q right. yeah. Terrific question because yeah. now you're going to be looking for clean track, right, Nate, in right. practice, yeah. which you didn't really care about before. I suspect – Teams are strategizing about this right now. Yeah, as that's what they're meeting about this <laughs> yeah, moment, right? Probably, yeah. And, and, and the trucks and Xfinity series where they're limited on tires, we haven't seen people making mock qualifying runs because they don't mm -hmm. want to use a set, although it only have one lap on them. We, and it'll be interesting to see how it affects those series as well. Right. Let's chat with Zane from Alabama. Zane, what's your question? Um, I've been watching NASCAR uh, almost all my life now. And uh, okay. Boyer is my favorite driver right mm -hmm. now um, he's been doing very well this season actually i was just wondering will clint border ever get a win this year I uh, well marty says yes so <laughs> i said this weekend at dover how yeah. about that zane <laughs> i don't know I, I, he's got a lot of good tracks coming up yeah I mean, I, I mean he certainly is running better and Stuart haas is just they're right in that tier below joe gibbs and team penske this year and i i think it's just a matter of execution and uh, just hitting hitting on it in a weekend. I, I think Clint Boyer certainly can win. I think it's just a matter of, you know, things just falling in, into place. To Nate's point, Stuart Haas, period, is getting better. Yep. Yeah. Yep. As a group. So the, the win could be around the co corner. Cody from Illinois. What's on your mind, Cody? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, real quick before I get to my statement, uh, just had Tyler Ruddick on. Congratulations to him. I've yes. been a NASCAR fan since I was five years old, and now me being 21 years old, seeing these guys about the same age as us, as us uh, doing well, pretty cool to see. Uh, but, yeah, I just want to talk about real quickly the change with uh, single-car qualifying. Mm -hmm. uh, that being said, being a fan for 15, 16 years, getting to see what it was like before then, um, I was never a fan of group qualifying uh, from the beginning because I always viewed the point of qualifying to see who had the fastest cars so that the fastest cars could start up front. So I personally think this is a change that has been uh, long overdue, but I'm really happy to see it back. I think, I think that uh, this is going to be interesting to watch and see how this goes because we've heard a lot of people, NASCAR fans, saying that they don't like all the changes. Well, this is going back to essentially how it used to be. Right. So for those guys that liked it, how it used to be, well, this is certainly how it used to be. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been just monitoring the social media reaction. Sure. I've, I've been somewhat surprised and our phone calls as well. I think fans maybe wanted this more than we realized. <laughs> and I think to Jeff's point, there is something to having that throwback effect. You know, we've seen it work with the Darlington weekend and what they've done with the Southern 500. I'm not suggesting this is exactly parallel to that, but it's it's similar to it, and that Jeff's right. I mean, single car qualifying is what a lot of NASCAR fans 
are used to and remember, uh, you know, kind of growing up with. And I think it's definitely a throwback in that way. Well, I want to say a thanks to you guys. The lines have been packed all day long. So thank you. If you're on the on hold right now, just hang on. We'll get to you the, in, the, in the after show. But coming up next, we're going to get the best of your feedback using the hashtag, let me say this. Stay tuned. Barzell has the Islanders' only goal of this series. His team will look to crank up the offense tonight. The Hurricanes, they're up two games to none. Justin Williams and company are back on home ice. NHL Live will get you set next. Thank you, Liam. It's going to be loud in Raleigh tonight for game three. By the way, Jeff, these are the towels that Canes fans will get, and they'll be waving the bunch of jerks towels. Are you uh, fully on the uh, Canes bandwagon with me? I am. All of, like, three weeks. There is. Full on. All of three weeks. For those Islander fans that are watching, we are not going <laughs> through tonight. Uh, I'm going to game four. I'm fired up. I'm ready to, I'm ready for the series to be closed out, but it's certainly been fun here in the North Carolina area to watch all that go down. Uh, Nate, what time is it? Marty, in honor of Kyle Petty, it's hashtag let me say this time. Let me say this, people. Let me say this. Now, I'm going to say this, but I'm going to say this. Sorry, caller. But I'm going to say this. And let me say this. But I'm going to tell you. But I'm going to tell you. I'm telling you. But I'm telling you. But I'm telling you something. And listen, I will say it forever. <laughs> it never gets uh, old. It never gets old. He's here in spirit. <laughs> he is here in spirit. Yeah. Yes. What? That's what he does. Let me yeah, say yeah. that. Oh, that's it. Yeah, to the kids. Yeah. do that. Okay. <laughs> Hashtag let me say this. We'll get started with Blake Chambers, who wants to know, if Chase Elliott wins this Sunday at Dover, how do you feel about his Chase, really, playoffs, capital Chase, Chances if Chase Elliott gets a second win, do you think he does well in the playoffs? Oh, well, that's too early to talk about playoffs. Too early to talk about playoffs. Too early. All yeah. right. Hashtag. Let me say this. Maggie Joe Davis. She liked the way David Reagan was leading at Talladega. Uh, what do we think about his chances at Daytona in July? Does it bode well? Uh, that's that's their best opportunity, and he's won there before. So yeah, reasonable chance. All right. All right. Hashtag. Let me say this. Al Barney has an interesting point about single car qualifying. He likes it. He says it's the only real option NASCAR has. That said, he could watch Suarez take down McDowell every day of the week. So <laughs> I knew we were going to get do, that video in the show. I knew that was going to happen. A little of the fisticuffs. I've been mad at somebody before in qualifying. <laughs> never to this point, though. Never to this point. Never to this point. Yeah. By the way, the Drew Blickenserver always gets the credit in the in the end of this fight for, know, for the at, takedown. Look at look Drew. at Drew. <laughs> I texted Drew that night. I said, Drew, what were you doing, man? Was, Drew was a high school wrestler. His, yes, he was. Does anybody have any questions? He showed it there, didn't he? All right, two more. Uh, hashtag. Let me say this from Banjo. He likes group qualifying. Or, I'm sorry, single car qualifying. Says it's a welcome return. Added drama where all the attention is on one driver to perform another. And then finally, hashtag. Let me say this. Sarah Davis also likes single, single car qualifying. At least one car can't affect other cars. She'll still watch. The fans I don't love it. Well, I fans don't, like it. Drafting should not be part of qualifying. Right. That's, That's a pretty good point. That's a pretty good point. The drafting should not be part of uh, qualifying. Hey, if you're on the line, stay there. We will get to you in our YouTube show. We'll get to as many calls as we can. The mayor's going to hang out with us. Thanks for being here, by the way. It's been fun being you here. You did a really good job playing Kyle Petty, by the way. That's not a <laughs> Take us a compliment. No, you did a good job. Hey, game three, Canes and Isles coming up shortly. But NHL Live starts right now here on NBCSN. See ya. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. 
Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability.